It is time to welcome in David Locke. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning, David James. Good morning, Patrick Kinahan. We find out our opponent tonight. We get to prep all day and play on Sunday. Fired up, baby. Me too. And who do you think would be the most, more advantage for the Jazz, or is it a wash? No, it's not a wash, my friend. One of them has a player that has completely broken the game offensively, revolutionized the game for the future, maybe the most influential player the game has had in decades You beyond. think that highly of Valanciunas, huh? I do. I love Valanciunas, <laughs> but I'm talking about Steph Curry. Think about this. Think about this in jazz history, okay? Jerry Sloan gave a legitimate, real explanation of why he couldn't double team Michael Jordan at 19 feet. And it was a good explanation, right? In the NBA finals, you don't want to double. If you do, Steve Kerr gets the open shot. Like, you know, we didn't rotate enough and force guys into things, but that's a different story. But like, basically, right? Like it made sense. Like, Hey, we're in the NBA. We can't do gimmicky defense. We go double team a guy at 19 feet and the ball swings around and somebody's open. Like it's a real problem. And it all kind of, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. It is now reasonable, 100% reasonable, expected, and maybe negligent to not double-team Steph Curry at 35 feet. Lakers did it, and it worked. They had AD out there, double-team him at at the edge of the half-court circle. No, it's the only answer. If you don't double-team him at 35 feet, he's pulling for three off a pick that, and you can't get out high enough, and he's splitting the pick. I mean, you really have no choice but to let Draymond Green play four on three on you on the open floor. Like it's they're they're great, by the way. Like I think people their numbers since they got rid of two negatively impactful players who didn't help them win are through the roof as good as anyone else. My my numbers would tell you that when all teams are healthy or as healthy as they're going to get in the playoffs, so removing Jamal Murray, there are four elite teams in the West. The Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, and Jazz. And then maybe Portland. That Portland, when you start narrowing down the players, they're just going to play in the playoffs. And the minutes that are going to play, now I don't know if they can really roll Nurkic out there for 40 minutes, but any minute that's canterless is good for them. And then they get really special too. Um, so... Golden State's terrific. Like now, some of that they played the Thunder twice, and any numbers against the Thunder should be eliminated. And I think they played the Rockets in that stretch, and that should be eliminated. But you know, when they have Steph and Draymond on the floor, which they do for the playoffs, they're plus sixteen per hundred possessions. Yeah, but aren't the Jazz terrific too? Yeah, I said the Jazz were my four teams. Do you think the Warriors emptied the tank against the Lakers, or do you think they're going to be able to handle the Grizzlies, or do you think there's something to? They need something from the role players, and everybody rolled it out there, and this could be hard for them. I think this could be hard for them because Memphis is particularly, you know, there's probably not a team in the league that has a combination of, like, physical prowess that Valanchunas and Dylan Brooks kind of combined bring in the perimeter. Like, whenever Rudy plays Valanchunas, I feel like Rudy's got to take like a 72 hour ice bath before he's like <laughs> right again. I mean, it's just like, it's brutal. Like yeah. He's just a beast. Like he's straight out WWF. Right. Um, 
And I love it. I actually love my, I actually, you know, if you were, when Toronto traded for Marcus Gasol, I actually thought Toronto made a huge mistake. I thought Valanciunas was vital to who they were and brought him a toughness and obviously was wrong. But I think Valanciunas actually is probably the most underrated player in the league. When, and you, you have to look at Memphis and say like, okay, with that roster, why are they 500? Like, what is it that they're doing that, and John Morant's super, but he's got some massive flaws still in his game as a second-year player. So I don't actually think he's the reason. I think the reason is because they're so physical, they're so hard to play, that over the course of a regular season, you just wilt against them, and they then walk away with the win. I don't think that works. I don't think Golden State wilts in the circumstance, but it does mean that I think Golden State comes to Salt Lake City on Sunday with their tank empty. Do you believe Mitchell will be on any kind of uh, restraint as far as minutes and all that? Um, I wouldn't think so after all this time, other than just pure fatigue. Okay. So basically, the know. coach. I didn't is... like. It's not like I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night and became a doctor this morning. <laughs> You got PK with that one. <laughs> that was a good one. Four fifty-year-old jokes. <laughs> so wow, it just stopped the show. Yeah, it really did. It really did. <laughs> Are you like, what's wrong with this, DJ? Like, you're just trying to figure out why PK thought that. Like, what stopped you right there? You're trying to figure out why PK actually thought that was funny. Yeah, I was. I was like, psychoan- I, I was psychoanalyzing him a little bit. <laughs> And, and deciding also if I want to move on to another discussion here. Uh, so we were discussing, PK was talking about the Jazz are capable of winning the championship. And there are people who count on emotions and words. That's PK. And there are people who count on numbers. That's you. And I'm curious when you went to, you hear PK say they're capable. I think you'd agree with that. And then if you see the Jazz, uh, 538 has them as a 15% chance to win the finals. You think that's the right number? Too high, too low? What are you thinking? That's a big number. It's the like, third. It's the third biggest right now. They've got yeah, right. so, so many teams with a chance that it spreads the numbers out. Right. I mean, you know, this is what everyone's always asked for. Yes. For all those years when everyone was complaining about Golden State versus Cleveland, and we knew what the finals were going to be, I do think there's a really big chance we're getting Brooklyn versus LA, which is what we always thought we were going to get um, because those are the best teams. Um, but yeah, there's a real chance. I mean, I was looking at Bet Online today, and they have the Jazz is the fourth best odds, right? Brooklyn's the favorite, the Lakers, and the Clippers, and the Jazz. Like, um, so, I mean, well, it's pretty incredible to be going into a playoffs with 15% chance. That's, like, amazing. And um, I'm sure we'd like it to be 90%, but that's not really competition. And so, I, it, yeah, we got a chance. It's, it's remarkable. We're going to have to continue to play fast. We're going to have to continue to shoot the three at a really high rate. We're going to have to win the mass game with shot distribution, defense, and shooting the threes. Um, we're going to have to keep people out of transition and get ourselves into transition a little bit. And we do that with defense um, and it kind of accelerates itself. Um, runs are really super important in the playoffs. They go both ways. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we have eight, nine man roster rotation. That's deep. I think we have the, one of the most impactful players in the league in Rudy and who I suspect will be up to 40 minutes a night. Um, you know, we're, we're really, really good. And as we narrow our rotation, we probably get better, as does everyone else. Um, and that's kind of what I was looking at. The one number, just if you're going to ask the next question, which is, is there any reason not? We haven't been, and some of this is the most, is that there's a recent numbers without Donovan and Mike to cloud this, is there are, the, some of the other teams have been better against better teams. 
Now, our numbers are clouded a little bit because the last games all in those matchups were without Donovan and Mike, but the same way the Lakers are clouded um, in the fact that their um, you know, numbers were without LeBron and the Clippers were clouded. So those numbers are, you know, numbers are hard this year to try to figure out what um, really matters. That's why I'm kind of living off this idea that you, you look at the end of these play, you look at these teams right now and you look at them in regards to what they, what their numbers are when their best players are on the floor. But against the other playoff teams, we had the third best differential of all the teams. The Mavericks were a little better and Phoenix had the best. And we lost seven of our last 11 of those games, um, which is not a great trend. But, you know, back to what I said, there are, um, when we have Rudy on the floor, we're 15.1. When we have Rudy and Mike on the floor, we're 16.2. When the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George on the floor, they're 17.6, so that's better. When the Lakers have AD and LeBron on the floor, they're 14.1. And when the Warriors have Steph and Draymond on the floor, they're a 15.4. I mean, that's why I'm talking about And the Blazers are 15.3 if you really narrow down on the right groupings. So those are the five teams that I think are, are most prime here to, to do something in the West. And that's a lot. That's pretty awesome. So you talked about Gobert being having extended minutes. Do you think that's a pattern throughout the roster as far as the main guys getting more minutes? Um, I think so. However, on our guard line, you know, we really have this unique thing that we have three different pick and roll ball handlers in Joe, Mike, and Donovan. And I mean, if you kind of just look at it over the course of a night, like Donovan runs like 20 pick and rolls and, Mike runs like 18 with Rudy and then Joe runs like 15. Like, so it's really equally distributed. So you can equally distribute those minutes and you don't necessarily need to take Mike to 38 to do, you know, Mike can still stay at the 31, 32 Donovan might go to the 38 and you're playing Joe. Um, Jordan brings a unique thing and it depends a little bit on the series on who you're playing. If you're playing Memphis, you're playing dropping bigs that are playing back at the rim and hugging probably the three point shooters and forcing you know, Jordan and, and Don and, um, and Mike to, to get in the lane and Joe to try to make plays out of that while not allowing the ball to get out to shooters. If you're playing the Warriors, they're switching. And now the uh, one-on-one picking, the one-on-one beating people off the dribble, getting in the lane, making the defense collapse and kicking out to shooters becomes even more vital. So that's not a great Joe Ingles series because Joe's not going to beat you one-on-one. Then he becomes, you know, that's when he then, the fact that he shoots like 50% off Donovan's three passes is becomes really important. Donovan's got to break the lane and give it up to Joe or other people to get those, those threes. So it's just a little bit depends on the series and who we have. And that's where Quinn's at his, at his best. Um, you know, George, I think is important in the series from an offensive standpoint, one, he's always willing to shoot. And the fact he doesn't bypass threes and, and what Nate Duncan calls record scratching the offense is important. Um, really very important actually. And then defensively, he's just gotten so much better this year. I'm not sure he's a liability. So I think he becomes, you know, vital, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you put your best players on the floor. We just have a unique thing where we have nine really, really good players. And, you know, the only area where we probably have a, really bar- big discrepancy and it's not a slight on Derek. It's just that Rudy's amazing. So Rudy's minutes go up and I think everyone else just finds their roles. As you watch the Lakers edge the Warriors and runs happen and you see the flaws and I wonder if it's a little bit of a Rorschach test. You know, they show you the ink blots and then your brain goes wherever it goes because it's really an ink blot. It's not a rabbit and it's not a wagon. 
But I was just curious when you're watching it if you saw the Lakers and the Warriors' flaws and saw why they were 7-8 and eight and why they are going to be vulnerable and can be out of the playoffs early on, regardless of the hype, or if you saw teams that still have special players and can still make deep runs, and for the first time ever, we could have a 7 versus an 8 in a conference final. It's still a long shot, but for the first time, it's not completely ridiculous. What did you see when you watched that game? Yeah, I'm not sure I wouldn't pick that, by the way. Just to let's like... If the if we if the Warriors weren't the Jazz will beat the Warriors in a series I think in the large reason I would pick that is because the Warriors I think will be on empty when they get to Salt Lake and so now all of a sudden the Jazz who are great are kind of almost should get Game One and now you're playing a six game series where one team has to win three and the other has to play four that's a pretty big difference. Um, I actually did not see. Um, I saw the opposite. I saw two teams are ready to go. So the Warriors' weakness is that they played Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Like, James Wiseman's need is number one you know, early pick. He doesn't know how to play. He's terrible. Like, in regards to helping you win today, he's terrible. He's going to be fine. He's going to be great. Kelly Oubre, I, I actually decided that the, you know, one of the quickest ways to turn your franchise around is to acquire Kelly Oubre and then trade, trade him, Phoenix, or, you know, and not play him. Right? Like, it's, he just uses so many possessions in such a – one-dimensional manner that doesn't help your teammates at all. And I think just zaps the group of its energy um, in, in such a way that, you know, when he left, everyone then got into the rightful order of the basketball universe. Like it's Steph and Draymond conducting Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, good shooter, this kid Mulder and Toscana Anderson's tough as hell are playing. And, you know, Draymond can't shoot a three anymore of his life depends on it, but he doesn't have to because you're double teaming Steph at, 35 feet so he's able to play point guard on a four on three and they're they're just crazy hard and then their second unit's awful and they only play it i love what steve kerr's done because the math totally backs this up like put your best players on the floor for as many minutes as possible mike malone generally does this and actually just grin and bear the other minutes and shorten the game and you actually the positive outweighs the negative it's super hard to do mentally because you're so bad in those other minutes but and then if Andrew Wiggins happens to make two or three plays in that time period which is what he did against the Lakers in the key moment and then didn't in the second the second time you know you're fine so I think the Warriors are just terrific um they're elite defensively they play a unique style defensively and they have a player that just breaks the breaks your defense I thought LeBron's performance at least in my, like when I think of LeBron's career, we have these incredible moments. Obviously when Cleveland, when he scores, whatever, 27 straight points against Detroit, you know, NBA championship performances, Eastern conference final. Like there's all these amazing moments for LeBron. I actually thought the second half against the Warriors was super special. He was awful in the first half, no lift, no explosion, couldn't beat guys, couldn't get up. And he just completely came out in the second half and changed his game and figured out how he was going to win that basketball game inside the limitations of what he had, which tells you what we all know about him, that he's an absolute basketball genius and he's the most talented player the game has ever had. And he can just find whatever way he wants to win. And that's what he did in that game, at least in my opinion. And certainly Wesley Matthews was outstanding and Alex Caruso you know, did some things pretty well that, you know, and Dennis Schroeder was unplayable and there are all these other little side stories to it. But the fact was, and that on a night where AD looked disengaged other than a player or two, um, I thought LeBron 
showed every you know part of his Michael Jordanness of just willing his team to win by changing his game. So I thought they were both great. I, I would take the Lakers over Phoenix, and then I would probably take the Lakers over Portland, who I think will be Denver. And if the Warriors were to beat the Jazz and they weren't too exhausted, I could see their switching defense really give the Clippers a hard time, and Steph's pretty unguardable. So I don't think that's an out. Like, if you want a most likely Western Conference Finals, I'm probably going Jazz-Lakers with Clippers and Warriors-Lakers next. All right, there it is. David Locke, the possibilities, the odds, and it all starts Sunday night. You think there's any chance that Donovan still doesn't feel quite 100% and they think they can beat the Warriors in Game 1 and this is the slowest part of the playoffs and, and they use the three extra days to get them all the way healthy. No. He's all the way no. in. 100%. He's going. Barring a major I, setback. I think he better. I mean, if he practiced yesterday, he I would, I would hope he goes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, the other one on Donovan, by the way, if you kind of look at his historical numbers, he actually needs to play. So Donovan's not great with rest. He's a rhythm player. Like his, he, I think he shoots about 33% if he has two or more days rest. Well, then they, they better practice hard today and wear him down, right? Right. No, there's something like his body is a machine. Like, it's got to run. Like, you know, Mike's the opposite, right? Mike's least good games this year are all on, on the five or six back-to-backs. He shoots a little less well, and his shooting percentage on threes a little less, and you suddenly get rid of those games and look at his numbers. He's pretty outstanding. In fact, he doesn't have a back-to-back. Always have a, you know, a day rest for him is, is going to be really big. Donovan actually needs to get into the second part of this series where you're playing every other day to be at his peak. All right, David, we got to run. We appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for joining us, and we will hear you Sunday night on the call. Okay, talk to you soon.